Please rise and turn and face the cross.
The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Christ is risen. He is risen we sing hymn 465. Now all the vaults of heaven resound. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Out of my distress, I called on the Lord. The Lord answered me and set me free. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. The Lord is on my side as my helper. I shall look in triumph on those who hate me. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. I shall not die, but I shall live and recount the deeds of the Lord.
The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, and his mercy endures forever. We sing, Jesus Christ is risen today. On this day, we celebrate Christ's resurrection from the grave, but we also remember why he went to the grave. 
We acknowledge that our sins were the reason for his suffering and death. And so we confess those sins to God and seek his mercy. Most merciful God, it is our sins that put Jesus on the cross. It is because of our transgressions that his life and his body was placed in the tomb. We confess our guilt and acknowledge the gravity of our sin. We cry to you for mercy. Beacon in the night. 
Hear the good news. God's word declares that Jesus was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. In the mercy of Almighty God, his son Jesus was given to die for you. For Christ's sake, God forgives you all your sins and justifies you, making you holy in the sight. His mercy endures forever because his love for you is steadfast. Let us pray. Gracious Father, as we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord, we do so in view of your mercy. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, we have defeated death and opened to us the way to everlasting life. We thank you that this victory over sin, death, and hell is shared with us so that we become more than conquerors through him who loved us. In view of your mercy, form us by your Spirit to live as newborn children of God. We pray these things in the holy name of Jesus Christ. Please be seated. Would our children come forward for our children's message? Sit down too. Is that okay? Oh, you guys are so good. Up here. A little bit easier. Happy Easter. Are you all excited? Are you are you still have voices? Whoa, there they are. We got more. You come on over here. All right. Oh, kneel down. How's that? Okay. So, I just had a surprise. Did you catch that? I thought we were ready to start, and a whole other game came. You guys ever have surprises? Right? Like, like, like maybe when Grandma or Grandpa come over the house and you didn't know they were coming? Or maybe this morning when you woke up, something showed up at your house? I don't know. Some people, hi, this sweetie. Some people have baskets of... Candy? Anybody get candy this morning? No? Well, that's good, because I need to tell you a secret. We have 600 eggs outside for you all. So, Laura, stand up for a second. Is Miss Miss Laura standing up? Okay, at the end of the worship service, and Vicki, okay, so see, Laura and Vicki, that's where you go when service is over. Not before, right? And then they will take you, the eggs are out front, and they will take you all there, and probably many of us will follow. Okay? And then you'll find surprises out there. So today, though, if you go back in time, it's a huge surprise for people who follow Jesus. Because remember what happened on Friday? And he, was, he hung on a cross, right? And then he died. And then they put him into a tomb. And they closed that tomb up and they sealed it so that nobody could break in and steal the body. But, on that first Easter morning, remember what happened? The ladies went there, right, to put perfume on Jesus and prepare the body. What, what happened? What did they find? He was gone. That's their first surprise. Then they walk out and then there's... An angel shows up to talk to the ladies. 
That's the next surprise. And the angel tells them to go, and they're going, and they're walking, and then guess who showed up and talked to them? They go, well, guess. Jesus came, and he talked to them. Another surprise. Those are three amazing surprises. So let's fast forward it to today. Do we have those same surprises? That Jesus comes to us? He comes to us today, right? He comes to us today in many ways. He comes to us as in the songs and hymns we sang and the words we did earlier come from Scripture. Sunni Ms. Carey is going to read our Old Testament and New Testament lesson and I'll read the Gospel. And God comes to us through that. Surprise, right? Later on during the service, we come up for the Lord's Supper. Again, Jesus comes to us in the body and His blood and bread and wine. Another surprise. And then, probably maybe the biggest surprise of all is that when we die, He comes and gets us and He takes us to heaven to be with Him forever in a wonderful place. That's a surprise too, right? So, so today, we like to have all kinds of surprises. We, as families and as a church, we like to say a whole bunch of things. I just want you to, to repeat after me, okay? Ready? And you got to do it loud, so we have some people back there who can't hear very well. Oh, we have one person right here who can't hear very well. So, Christ is alive. I barely heard you. I'm sure they did not. I heard them. Okay, let's try that one more time. Christ is alive. Christ is alive. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we are so blessed by all of your surprises, especially the surprise of the resurrection of Jesus. Fill us with your spirit. So when we doubt, we can still believe that Jesus is our Lord and Savior. Amen. Thank you all. So the Old Testament is from Exodus 15, just after they crossed the Red Sea. Then Moses and the people of Israel sang this song to the Lord, saying, I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war, the Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his host he cast into the sea, and his chosen officers were sunk in the Red Sea. The floods covered them, they went down into the depths like a stone. Your right hand, O Lord, glorious in power, your right hand, O Lord, shatters the enemy. In the greatness of your majesty, you overthrow your adversaries. You send out your fury. It consumes them like stubble. At the blast of your nostrils, the waters piled up. The floods stood up in a heap. The deeps congealed and the heart of the sea. And the enemy said, I will pursue you. I will overtake. I will divide the spoil. My desire have 
My desire shall have its fill of them. I will draw my sword. My hand shall destroy them. You blew with your, your wind. The sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds, doing wonders? You stretched out your right hand. The earth swallowed them. You have led in your steadfast love the people whom you have redeemed. You have guided them by your strength to your holy abode. The peoples have heard. They tremble. Pangs have seized the inhabitants of Felicia. Now are the chiefs of Eden dismayed. Trembling seizes the leaders of Moab. All the inhabitants of Canaan have melted away. Terror and dread fall upon them. Because of the greatness of your arm, they are still as a stone. Till your people, O Lord, pass by. Till the people pass by whom you have purchased. You will bring them in and plant them on your own mountain, the place, O Lord, which you have made for your abode, the sanctuary, O Lord, which your hands have established. The Lord will reign forever and ever. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is from Romans 6, and I'm starting with verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like this, like his, We shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Please rise for the reading of the gospel. reading of the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 28th chapter. Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angels said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen as he said. 
Come, see the place where he lay, and go quickly and tell the disciples that he has risen from the dead, and behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to him, said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. This is the gospel of the Lord. Let us sing our hymn of the day. voices to sing some more songs this morning? We got a few more. Welcome you all here, both, both here present with us and those that are online present with us too as we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Our sermon text today is actually all three of the readings you already heard. So let's tell you a story about a cemetery in Hanover, Germany. There's this one tomb um, and it is known as, and forgive my German, Gefinetus Grab, or Opened Grave. It is a tomb of a noble woman by the name of Henrietta von Ruling, and she died in 1782. Her grave is immense, as you can see it on the screen. Um, 
It was constructed of, of heavy stone with a large imposing tombstone on top and resting it. And this, there's a description on there that the woman had put on it, and it simply says this. This tomb, bought for eternity, may never be opened. Now listen to those words again. This tomb, bought for eternity, may never be opened. But in spite of that inscription, shortly after she died and was buried, a um, tree, a birch tree, germinated just below the base of the slab. And over the years, it grew larger and larger and larger. And the tree, tree roots eventually, and this is the picture, it's lifted up the tomb. And the tomb has now been opened. And thus, its name in German means the open grave. Its, its inscription forbidding entrance in the tomb speaks in vain above a yawning crypt. Almost 2,000 years ago, another tomb was made as secure as possible just outside of the city of Jerusalem. Every precaution was made that it would not be open. A solid stone was placed over it. Heavy boulders were placed around the opening. It was sealed, and soldiers stood guard. Undoubtedly, it was as secure as, secure as a tomb could possibly be. And yet, only 36 hours after that Palestinian tomb had been secured, it was discovered to have been opened. The boulder was rolled away from the crypt's entrance. The guards were gone. The seal lay broken on the ground. Most significant of all, the lifeless body, once entombed, was now missing. All the security precautions had been in vain. The sepulcher, the tomb, was now empty. The fact that the tomb of Jesus of Nazareth was empty took everyone by surprise. It surprised the women, women who arrived at the tomb early on Sunday morning, expecting to anoint Jesus' body, a dead body. It surprised the soldiers who earlier had considered it foolish to even guard a dead man's tomb. But now, as Matthew's Gospel tells us, they trembled and became dead men. Matthew 28, verse 4. And it surprised the priests who thereafter fabricated the story to explain the missing body. It even surprised Jesus' disciples, who stubbornly refused to believe the startling news of a resurrected Jesus. Jesus, risen from the dead. And in this surprising turn of events, the empty tomb of Jesus Christ, God snaps victory from the jaws of defeat. His great mercy to his beloved people was demonstrated in the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. But this wasn't the first time that God had waged a startling last-minute victory. In the Old Testament lesson from Exodus 15 that you heard Carrie read, depicts another battle scene. The Israelites are fleeing from the oppressive Egyptians but become trapped between Pharaoh's army and the Red Sea. There was no way out for them. Just imagine Pharaoh as he rode up there, chomping at the bit, I got you now raising his sword to give the command to go and demolish and wipe out the Israelites. And if you don't believe me, look at verse 9 of the Old Testament lesson. 
And you'll, you'll hear his words. Yet, it, it, in what seemed like an in, in, inconceivable success for the enemy, God works a surprise. In the face of utter defeat for God's people, the Lord pulls off a victory. He makes the sea into dry land, and as Exodus puts it, the waters piled up, the flood stood up in a heap. Verse 8 of Exodus 15. And in God's great surprise, he delivered his people to safety by enabling them to escape to the other side of the sea on dry land. But God wasn't, God wasn't done. God destroyed his causeway and the Egyptians, Pharaoh's army, was wiped out by the walls of water drowning them. In a surprising event, God again snatched victory from the jaws of death and, and defeat. He, his great mercy to his beloved people was again demonstrated by delivering them through the sea. Centuries after God's deliverance from the Red Sea, the enemy once again boasted of victory. Like Pharaoh of old, Satan gloated over his conquest at the cross. When Jesus died and his body was laid in the tomb, Satan and his demons celebrated their apparent triumph. The prince of darkness thought he had delivered the final victorious blow against Jesus when his body was laid into the grave. He who had the power of death, the devil, seemed to have successfully wielded the power against the Messiah. But then God of, the God of surprises turned the tables on Satan. While in the very clutches of death, in hell, Jesus overcame death. He overcame hell. The apparent victim became the true victor. He who was dead now was alive again. The apostle Peter declared to those who had witnessed Jesus' crucifixion, as recorded in Acts chapter 2, verse 24, he said, God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death, because it was not possible for him to be held by it. Satan did his uttermost to shackle Jesus in death, to keep him permanently in his grip. But when Christ had completely disarmed the devil, he burst forth triumphantly from death's ancient prison. Jesus emerged victorious, proclaiming, I died, and behold, I am alive forever, and I have the keys of death and Hades. Revelation 1, verse 18. In this surprising turn of events in the spiritual realm, God snatched victory from the jaws of defeat again. His great mercy to his beloved people was demonstrated in the conquest over sin, Satan, and over death itself. But the most wondrous surprise of all is the fact that God's victory is our victory as well. Your victory, my victory. Christ shares in his Easter victory over death with you and me. In fact, he shares it with the whole world. God's victory over Pharaoh at the Red Sea meant deliverance of his people, Israel. Today, God's ultimate victory over Satan means deliverance for us. God's surprise came when he used the waters of the Red Sea to deliver his people and destroy his enemies. That surprise continues today when he uses the water of baptism to deliver us from the grasp of Satan and sin. The Apostle Paul describes how this happens in the epistle 
that was read earlier by Carrie when he says in Romans 6, verses 4 and 5, we were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in the resurrection like his. Christ's resurrection is not only history, it is not only his story, but it is our story as well. As a baptized believer in Christ, you share identity with Christ in his death and in his resurrection. Just as death no longer has dominion over Jesus, it also has no longer the ability to terrorize you or me who are in Christ by faith. You are no longer condemned by sin since his penalty, death, has been paid for by the risen Lord. Therefore, we who are members of Christ's body, the church, share in his conquest over death. We do so by the mercy of God. We are the beneficiaries of his victory over the forces of darkness. When Jesus emerged alive from the abyss of death and laid claim to the keys of Hades, he did so for your salvation and mine. But not just you and me. He did it for the whole world. And all's future resurrection. The problem is, is you and I know, but the world doesn't know. And that's where the baton is being passed to you and to me. And it's being passed to tell others what Jesus has done for us. What he's done for all of you, all of you listening, what he's done for me, what he's done for everyone in the whole world who don't even know about it yet or have rejected it. And so he tells you and me to take the surprise of Jesus to the world. On Easter morning, there was a class of seven-year-olds and they were gathered for Sunday school. And the teacher narrated the story of Jesus' resurrection And in order to engage the students, the teacher asked them one question. What do you think was Jesus' first word when he came out of the tomb alive? I want you all to think about that for a second. And I'll tell you what one little seven-year-old girl said. You ready? It's one girl. Raise her hand. Teacher, I know, I know. Teacher called on her. She jumped up. Surprise! Jesus' first word was surprise. And I think with that answer, that little girl understood the essence of Easter. It is God's greatest surprise. It is his victory surprise. And because Christ rose on Easter, Jesus will one day raise up from the dead in that final jubilant surprise of resurrection. You and me. And so together we can say, Christ is risen. Amen. Would you please rise for prayer? Let us pray. Risen Christ, we rejoice at your victory over sin. United with you in baptism, may we consider ourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Lord, in your mercy.
Living Lord, we celebrate your triumph over death. As Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, may we walk in newness of life. Lord, in your mercy. Victorious deliver, we claim your defeat of the devil, trusting in your declaration of justification. May we live in freedom from the accusation of guilt. Lord, in your mercy. Loving Redeemer, we affirm your rescue of us from hell. May we never fear the grave or what follows, but eagerly anticipate our own resurrection and life everlasting. Lord, in your mercy. Mighty Conqueror, we hail you as King of kings and Lord of lords. May we serve you in holiness and righteousness all the days of our lives and into eternity. Lord, in your mercy. In view of your mercy, move us by your spirit to face death and hope in the sure and certain promises of life everlasting through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Lord our God, for you have had mercy on us and sent your only begotten Son, the long hoped for Messiah, to bring us salvation. Pour out upon us the gifts of your Spirit that we may receive your blessings joyfully and resolutely serve you in all we do. Grant that we may receive the body and blood of our Lord as the guarantee of our salvation and as the foretaste of the feast to come in your eternal kingdom. To you alone, O Father, be our glory, honor, and praise, together with the Son and the Holy Spirit, now and forever. As we prepare our table for the Holy Communion for the Lord's Supper, there are cards in your pews, and if you please fill them out, and if you agree with our communion statement, um, sign the card, and please join us uh, when the ushers invite you to come up to the altar. And if you're not, if not or have questions, uh, come up, and you can cross your, hands, your shoulders, and we will give you a blessing. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread. And after having given thanks, he gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup. And after having given thanks, he gave it to his disciples and said, Take, drink, this is the cup of the New Testament of my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sin. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of you. Let's join in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Peace of the Lord be with you always. Please be seated. And just so you know, those of you who 
have issues with wine, the, the center of the, each tray has grape juice.
for criminals and every Pharisee. You came for hypocrites, even more like me. You carried sin and shame, the guilt of every man. Please rise. 
Let us pray. Blessed are you, Heavenly Father, for you have once again fed and nourished us at your table through the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. As Lord of our lives, strengthen and support us so that we continue to proclaim your redeeming love shown in the suffering and death of Jesus Christ to all the world. Bless us day by day and keep us filled with hope as we await your eternal kingdom, where you live and reign with the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. May the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight. Through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. We sing our closing hymn, I Know That My Redeemer Lives.
Please be seated. We thank you all for joining us today, both here, presently with us in our sanctuary, those online. We are truly, truly blessed by you joining us as we worship and celebrate the life and the death of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Again, children, Laura and Vicki are in the back. If you're going to go for eggs, you may go. I'll hold all the big ones back so you can get out there first. So. Did you want to go get some eggs? You want to take, you want to take them back? You can do that. Go. There you go. All right. There we go. All right. I know we're all children, but, you know, got to let them get the candy first. There you go. There's a lot of eggs. 600 eggs out there, folks. So we all may have to go help at some point. I'm not sure there's any announcements other than that Jesus lives. There's, there is coffee. So adults, if you want coffee, there might be some juice back to the right. Uh, we can go in there and we can um, celebrate together until the kids come back in with all their eggs and you take care of the chocolate. <laughs> On that, and we'd like to invite you back for those of you you who this is your first time here, or you haven't been here for a while, and of course those of you who've been here for a while, we we love a full house where we can gather together with our family here. So we invite you to to please come back. If you can't make it, watch us online. If you're visiting from out of town and you have a church, make sure you visit your church when you go back and then celebrate with them. Also, Um, are there any announcements that we need to do? We don't. And let us go in peace. Let us serve our Lord. Remember, share Christ with everything you do, with everyone you do, mostly by just simply showing his love. And eventually somebody will say, why do you love us that way? And then you can tell them why. That Jesus lives. Christ is risen. Yeah.